0: Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, there are some new old kids taking on ISIS. Virgin America rocks the vote. We love this. Swirl launches, JIWIRES location graph, plus a bevy of funding activity, a resource of the week, and special guest John Gentry of Computer Sciences Corporation. Yeah, that's a billion-dollar company. Stick around. to episode number 91 of this week in location based marketing we are filming this live between asif and i on sunday night august nineteenth, 2012. my name rob woodbridge from untether.tv from ottawa ontario canada home of the gold medal winning trampoline artist of whose name i cannot remember with me as always from his hometown toronto ontario canada take it from here
1: Asif Khan from the uh, Location Based Marketing Association, um, you know, uh, still in Toronto temporarily, uh, leaving in the morning. Um, but yeah, you can find us at the theLBMA. t h e l b m a dot com or on the Twitter. Um, yeah, big show today, uh, as you said, a lot of uh, old dogs, uh, you know, showing their uh, their teeth and coming back. Um, Uh, And uh, it's funny because uh, it it seems like, you know, the the whole episode we're going to be talking about data and uh, the power of big data and, uh, you know, and uh, old and new and how that's all coming together. And I spent, I don't know, it seems like half my week listening to old old songs from the uh, late 70s and 80s. So (laughs) all things old or new again. So there you go. It's
0: it's so true. You know, uh, the... um the closing ceremonies for the Olympics uh, last Friday, uh, which we talked about, obviously, but uh, it was like, you know, a, um, a a flashback to the '60s, '70s, and '80s, which was the heyday for uh, British pop and uh, rock invasions. And um, yeah, I I just never lost it. I never. This week is the same thing with me. I felt very nostalgic coming into this. It's the end of August, slowing down into fall. The nights are getting a little cooler. Two weeks till kids start school. I don't know what's going on, but I'm feeling it myself. So, yeah, needs. Some-
1: That's no, crazy. I was. I mean, this week was all Depeche Mode and Neil Young and Van Morrison, and I don't know what man stuff stuff that I haven't listened to for a long time. But uh, I'm happy to be Melanie back uh, revisiting it. Anyhow, so we got I, a big show.
0: I'm gonna be in Toronto uh, on yeah. Friday. I'd be loath and remiss to to tell you about it because. I, for those of you who uh, are watching on video right here, I just reached up. You hear that? It's like a magic envelope. It's a magic envelope full of. I know what it is. Bruce Springsteen tickets. Oh there my goodness. Come. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna be in Toronto there, crying like a little schoolgirl. For those of you who are in Toronto going to the Bruce Springsteen show, shout out! I'm in section 105. I'll be crying. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait. Alrighty. All right, big show big show today, but before we uh, jump into it um, and uh, and wow you with the stuff that's going on, talk about what you're doing. You're heading off tomorrow. You're leaving the city. You're going to another event, Asif, for a change. What is this one that you're going to do?
1: Well, I've been home for a couple weeks, Rob. Come on now. Uh, you know what? Um, it's a record, isn't it? It is. But uh, anyhow, yeah, I'm off to uh, Kansas City. Uh, I haven't been there for quite a while, um, so anyhow, I'm, uh, I'm heading out there to uh, spend some time with uh, one of our members' a company called Front Flip. Uh, we've talked about them on the show uh, before. Got a little nice little digital scratch card uh, uh, location loyalty platform, and uh, they're putting on an event, uh, and I'm uh, pleased to be speaking at it. And kind of looks at you know how restaurant uh, restaurateurs could be using that kind of a technology to uh, to engage. Uh, Customers keep them there longer, spend more, reward loyal customers, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it should be fun. So if you're in Kansas City, it's on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday evening. Um, but uh, yeah, drop by or send me a note or contact Front Flip and uh,
0: be there. I like Kansas City, and we keep joking about this, but you've got to test this whole uh, Google Fiber. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but uh, you know, Kansas City and Kansas, they're they're working together on this uh, on this fiber, and it's the one of the only I think the only place you can get it in in the United it States. Is the only place. Yeah. yeah, so check out to see live reporting, live reporting in Kansas City. So this was, a, uh, this was a big week. I have nothing to shell. I have nothing at all. Nothing whatsoever. So we're just going to dive right into the stories. If you uh, have a story, obviously, if you remember this, if you have a story that you want us to cover, reach out at gmail.com or CIF at the LBMA. We'd love to hear your stories. And please, 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 subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. Give it a five-star rating. We would love it if you did that. That'd be great. Top five. Here we go. Ba-da-da. We have talked about this company, our first store. We've talked about JaiWire many, many, many times before. We love what these guys are doing, combining location and intent and uh, psycho and demographics and uh, and then tailored targeted messaging. They've launched something called the Location Graph. Asif, take it away. Give us some, a little bit more details about this, please.
1: Yeah, I mean, JaiWire's. is... Uh... You know, a, a big, big, big player in the location ecosystem, um, especially around Wi-Fi um, hotspots, helping monetize those hotspots by delivering, uh, you know, uh, advertising. But at the end of the day, these guys are a data company, and um, you know, Location Graph is is, is a cool, uh, cool new service that basically, you know, sort of takes all that data they've been collecting for for years and years. Apparently. Uh, they profiled 500 million uh, devices that's how many devices have connected to uh fi uh, hotspot locations that gyware uh, has been uh, uh associated with um and 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 over that they've created 3 billion location data tags so they have this massive database um and and it's constantly uh you know sort of growing and, um, you know, so there's just all this data there that they can look at and they can say, okay, well, this this particular device, the IP address of this device, so it's not specific to, you know, we don't know the name of the person necessarily or their phone number or anything, you know, that specific. But we know the device uh, ID. And what they're doing is, is they're saying, look, you know, we see this device, you know, showed up at, uh, at LaGuardia Airport and then they went to a Starbucks and then they went to this particular place. And they've connected to networks, you know, in each of those places, so we can sort of track their preferences on the kinds of things that they do, and then we we, we see that same device goes to a Starbucks, you know, three times a week, um, you know, so we can infer certain things from the data from the data that way, and that becomes quite valuable for advertisers and marketers that want to reach, uh, you know, specific demographics. It just gives that additional level of targeting. So, so this is cool. It's purely around locations, uh, you know, where people are going. So I love it. Um, the other thing I should say, too, um, is JaiWire, you know, as good these, as these guys are and as, and, as, and as big a player as they are, you know, they're not without their, uh, without their challenges. The CEO um, uh, stepped down, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago now. David Stoss, who was running marketing, uh, is currently filling that role as the, uh, as the interim CEO. So, um, you know, they have some challenges on the leadership side. I'm sure they're, they're addressing it, but at the same time. They're not standing still. They're going out and they're uh, continuing to push, uh, push the envelope with things like location graph. Yeah, this is
0: this is a neat thing. You know, I big data is so fascinating to me, and and that's what this whole show is pretty much around big data and deciphering big data. And and every time I think about big data, you. It is the most valuable piece. We've talked about this many times in our episodes before, but the fact that data is what this is all about. It doesn't matter how you enable anything else, but it's the data that you receive that is much more valuable than anything else. It's patterns, it's pattern recognition. That's why I think that the most most valuable company on the planet, except for Amazon, they're retailers, but the most valuable planet, uh, uh, for us in, in the country, anyways, in Canada, is Interact, the debit guys. They understand. They're up there with the credit card companies. They understand our our, our purchasing patterns. That's why I like JaiWire. Um, but I wonder if this is just duplicate data. They did this great thing. They put out this uh, this... I guess it's an infographic around a location graph. It's because location defines audience. I'm pulling it up on the screen right now where they're talking about some of the statistics that they pulled up as a result of this. And I think that this is a lot of inference. Like You can infer a lot of the stuff that they've come up with right now. And I'm waiting for them to dive a little bit deeper into the data aspect itself. And maybe they don't give that away. Um, but they say, you know, it's simple, simple stuff like uh, 65% versus 46% of, of females eat versus male eat out um, uh, on a monthly basis. Or, you know, uh, 4% of Starbucks drinkers visit a Starbucks more than 10 times compared to 2% of the same for Pete's, uh, for Pete's drinkers. And then it, it gets a little bit more, you know, a little bit deeper. The one statistic that really, really, I loved, I loved this stat, I can't tell you how much is it. This is where you start to see the value of putting data A with data B, which is the, the top national change chains visited by Pete's and Starbucks drinkers so this is if I'm a Starbucks drinker these are the top five national chains that I would I visited number one Mm -hmm. Bank of America number two subway three Citibank four Chase Bank and five McDonald's Pete's the top five are Wells Fargo US Bank subway 7-eleven Starbucks coffee which is pretty funny but not that's really where you start to see this this kind of data really showing is that the value of knowing, you, you know, what your brand what your brand is worth and and if yeah I like that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> this is inference. No,
1: I, I do too, and and it's that ability to correlate the data sets that yeah. starts to make it really valuable. The other thing that I like about what they're doing here, um, you know, if if you read through the press release, you'll see. But um, the you know this is a competitive space you know this kind of data there's a lot of folks out there who can do it in various forms maybe not to the same extent but rather than gywire uh, going out and saying oh, we've got this thing it's, it's location graph here's what it can do for you it's a premium service um, and you're gonna pay a lot more for it they're not doing that in fact they're just building it into every product that they already sell and it's just included in, in what you're getting so they're not they're not holding it out as some you know uh, secret sauce special thing and you're gonna pay ten times for um, they're just building it into into all the offerings they currently have because it's a competitive market yeah. they, they want to stay ahead
0: and that's that's one of the things that I love about it is that because it's so competitive these services become lumped in at, at you know as part of your fee that you're already paying yeah well I, I like JaiWire I like I like the the data graph that they put on top of it but I always say and we're gonna say it many times in this show because it's all around big data is that if you don't pay for it you are the product. Right? That's the adage. If you're not paying for it, you are the product. That's why everybody likes to use Facebook, but everybody likes to complain. You are the product unless you pay for it. So, This, this is pretty cool. Check out Jwire at J i w i r e J-I-W-I-R-E.com. You heard of these guys? Man. This is, this, is, this is where it gets complicated and confusing for consumers, I believe, with our next story. You've heard of these guys. Uh, all the major credit card companies are getting together. They formed this payments service called ISIS. They announced that they haven't launched anything. So what do the retailers do, some of the biggest brands in retailing do? They say, hey, screw you, credit card companies. We understand payments. We understand the consumer. We're going to set something up. So these guys create something called MCX, Payment Network. Why, why confuse the consumer here? Why are these guys getting into this? Is this? Do you think this is a good idea, Seif, Or do you think that this just muddies the water in this very competitive space?
1: I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. Uh, so MCX, Merchant Customer Exchange, they're calling this. Um, apparently, there's 14 brand uh, retailers already uh, uh, on board on this thing. Some of the biggest that you, know, that you can think of, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, CVS, Shell... Um, you know there's some big big names uh that are behind this um I think it's a little bit of of what you're alluding to rob in the sense that um you know they you know these are big retailers they wanna control the ecosystem they feel like um you know they don't need google wallet they don't need isis they you know they can go their own uh you know they 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 can sort of build their own road to 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 do that and and keep some of the uh you know the uh the profit so to speak um that uh, that would normally go to the credit card companies uh, here. I, I, I think it's challenging. Uh, I think it's somewhat confusing to the consumer. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about that the system might be similar to the one that Starbucks put in place uh, with 2D barcodes and and things like that. Um, you know, around loyalty programs. But now, but now um, uh, I don't know if. if Starbucks I has hope gone that into that's square. not where it goes, honestly. I hope that's not where it goes because we're already seeing Starbucks as, as we talked about yeah. the other day, you know, working with Square and others, um, you know, and, uh, sort of at the detriment of their own system. Um, what's going to happen here, though, is you're going to have, you know, 15 different systems going for a while. Um, and we're going to have to wait. You know, the consumers are going to be confused. The consumers are going to be testing all sorts of different things. And in the end, two or three are going to survive. Um, this one, I don't know, it, it's got a shot. I mean, when you got big brands behind it, you know, putting in big money behind it and supporting it. At the end of the day, none of these things are going to work unless, A, the consumers are on board, and B, the retailers are on board. So if this is the retailer starting it, then uh, it, to me it's got a better shot than a Google wallet.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. you know what, out of all of these the likelihood of something like google wallet working to me diminishes when big players and big brands get into into this as these guys have but i honestly believe that the credit card companies know much more about processing retail transactions than do the merchants that do this they and i think that the credibility the ability to have uh, you know fraud detection the ability to do service and and support on it credit card companies have done this forever and 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 you know what? I think that this is one of those things that I, I, when compared, I implicitly trust the credit card company more so than I do the retailers, simply because the credit card company is a kind of an open source. And I'll use that very loosely. They are. They satisfy every requirement for transaction for every retailer. They are not biased. And these guys who are setting up this this MCX, uh, they're they're pushing local deals. They're pushing uh, promotions that only those retailers are a part of. And that's the way that yeah. the way that it but, reads. But in the end,
1: though, Rob, you know, I, I, I think I think with any of these systems, whether it's Google Wallet or Isis or MCX, they're all going to, you know, allow the credit cards to work within them.
0: Yeah. So w- right? what's the difference? I mean, Google
1: came out just recently yeah. with with Wallet, you know, a few weeks ago, and said, you know, well, now we're going to accept credit cards as well, um, because they have to. Yes. They're not going to have a choice, right? You know, the credit cards know how to do it best. They're going to be part of this ecosystem no matter what the consumers want them to be. Um, so I think it's great that the retailers are coming on and saying, hey, we you know, we want to do this. We want to control the, you know, the ecosystem a little bit. That's fine, um, and they can do it. They're the big retailers. Um, but in the end, they're also going to have to support their credit cards.
0: Hundred percent, they're going to have to support everything. So it just comes back down to who owns the who who is the most powerful beings. Who are the most powerful beings in this space? And it is the folks at the end of the line who actually process those transactions. And it isn't Square; it's the credit card company, right? I, I think that that's where the relationship lives. That's where all the big data lies. And and don't make no mistake, we love big data. But these companies that have signed up for MCX are in it for the big data as well. That's exactly what they're doing here. They want, uh, you know, patterns, retail purchase patterns and buying habits, and that's, ex- you know, they they are tired of giving that off to the credit card companies. So this is this is an interesting play, but you know, for the poor consumer, you know, you got tap and go, you got PayPass, you got PayPal working, you got Square, you got all yeah. these, you got Isis, you got Google Wallet. It's like, look, man. it's not that confusing to pull out cash because cash really is the easiest, the lowest common denominator and the easiest thing to pay with. And man, I hope that we get this right, but I think that we're going to end up confusing the average consumer and and actually hurting this industry. But I can understand why they don't want to give it up. It's going to be massive. It's going to be a massive space to play in. But ultimately, the retailers, I mean, their number one revenue generator is selling goods. So they should just help facilitate that. But... I don't know where you can find any more information. I can't find a website for MCX. They've announced it. They haven't announced a date for release. They haven't announced anything else. But uh, I think that this is, uh, I, I guess, just search MCX payment. There's a bunch of stories floating around. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's an interesting interesting time for retail, that's for sure. These guys are, uh, it's tough. It's tough. And I think we're going to sit back at the end of this in a couple of years. let will see, for three years, maybe four years. And we're just going to realize that this is just another way to pay right no big whoop this is sure. just another way to pay right yeah
1: and and and, and we'll have many you know yeah. they're not going to go away and like i said you know there might be 12 of them today and we'll end up with two or three but they're, they're still going to be there i just you know i credit card companies are going to be there
0: i always wonder is is it just you know cash is so hard to uproot cash is is so hard to uproot because it's just a a, a universal simple mechanism for payment and We just have to think beyond cash as a replacement so uh you know i hope that these guys are at least thinking a little bit innovative around what they're doing so mcx payment network huge retailers walmart 7-eleven these these guys are big speaking of big hey heard of this company called amazon
1: yeah once or twice but but i think from them
0: yeah one or two things yeah i think everybody on the planet has bought one or two things from amazon Well, they have this thing called Amazon Local, which we know is their kind of Groupon competitor, right? Uh, Local is is the way to go, and you know one of the things that they probably saw was looking at Groupon and realizing this massive workforce that they need to be able to create in order to support that local initiative. So they partner with Yellow Pages. I thought they were out of business. Are they still around?
1: Oh no, they're still there. They're still kicking. Um, You know. I actually like this deal. Um I, I think it's kind of I think it's really cool, quite um quite good for Amazon actually. So when you think about this, um the yellow pages is uh isn't going anywhere. Um I mean as a print publication it's going, you know, it, it's it's dying um you know, both uh, in Canada and in the US and I'm sure in many other parts of the world. But um you know, the digital side of that business, you know, the the need for business listing information um, doesn't go away uh, people still need to be found um, we still need to find their phone numbers we still need to find their URLs you know all that information that you know YP uh, has is is, uh, is invaluable but how they get that information is, is really the, the key to this deal and when you look at the history of yellow pages or white pages or any of that kind of stuff but yellow pages in particular they rely on a massive sales force you know people Working phones, working you know, uh, you know, knocking on doors at businesses, convincing them to put a listing in the uh, in the print book or online now, um, and it's that sales force that Amazon's trying to tap into here. So, what they're saying is, is look, this is an expensive business. You know, sourcing deals, getting local businesses to to do deals, to do Groupon type things, um, you know, is a challenge, and you know, to ramp up to that size, to, to hire that many people to go out and sell all those deals. Is not something that uh, you know it, it makes sense for Amazon. So, you know, why not you know leverage an existing workforce at YP that uh, that's already doing it anyways? Uh, you're already knocking on those doors. You know, why don't you go sell uh, you know deals as well? It just makes sense.
0: Yeah, this is this is like a match made in heaven. Um, and Groupon must be looking at this, thinking why 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 um, why you know. This is this is an interesting play. I wonder how uh, yellow pages are getting paid. Do they get a referral fee? Do they get uh, you, you know they get paid on closing? This is an interesting thing because they have yellow pages also is into the you know daily deal space. They have a very small uh, site that does daily deals as well. But I wonder how they're making money on this and why they benefit. I mean, they have people sitting on the bench selling locally. This seems like brain. yeah. I mean, you,
1: know? you got to think that uh, every time they source a deal, they're getting a, a piece or. Right. Um, or at least some kind of you know f- uh, flat fee for per deal source because you know those individual salespeople it's got to be part of their uh, their comp plan going out and uh, and pushing this stuff so um, yeah in some way somehow you know they're, they're making uh, they're making a good piece of this um, you know it, it, I, I like the deal I'll, I'll just leave it at that. What
0: about what about this whole thing like you know. Uh Amazon has Amazon Local, but they've also invested a whole chunk of change, a huge amount of money, into living social, like hundreds of millions of dollars into living social. Why, why have two of these things? Like why, why not just focus on one of them? Like, why not just pick up Living social and put it into Amazon fully, or just give up on living social and, and use, you know Amazon Local? I, I, it's tough for me to, to understand this, this kind of uh, strategy from Amazon. Although it must be brilliant, because yeah, I it's think that's a easers. great
1: question. I mean, so they own about a third of, of Living Social uh, based on uh, on previous investments. Uh, you know, Living Social is the the number two uh, player to group on in, in the marketplace today. So, um, I, I think it's different. I you know, I think I think when you look at Amazon's market today, you know, forget about the local part. Just look at Amazon as a business you know we we all know their business we all know you know where they come from you know selling books and and you know electronics and and you know those kinds of things um and, and serving uh, in many respects as a uh, um you know a uh, a competitive marketplace for, uh, to um, you know best buy and places like that when you're when you're in store uh for for price comparison you know that's the business that they're that they're known for and i think you know their investment in living social is basically saying you know, we're here. We recognize the daily deal business is uh, is is a growing business. Uh, we wanted to play in it. Um, it didn't. I, I don't think. You know, honestly, I don't. I don't see the correlation between local deals um, in, in Living Social as a brand and and Amazon. I don't see those two brands fitting together. So I think there's a brand conflict. Um, yeah. they're, they're not the same thing. Um, you know, going out and getting a deal on a uh, you know on a DVD uh, or on a book or on a uh, you know a uh, the latest uh, you know Wii game uh, um, that doesn't that doesn't fit in living social or group funds model. I don't think. Um, and 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 vice versa. I think going and pushing a um, you know a deal to the uh, to the spa to the Amazon customer. I'm not sure the correlation there either. So. Amazon local. Okay, fine. You could argue that, you know, why not use living social to source the deals for Amazon local? Don't have a good answer for that. (laughs) No. Um, you know, to me, to me that makes sense. Um, because you already own a piece of the business, but
0: I I guess maybe, are they targeting two different audiences with this? Yeah. That's
1: the only thing I can think. Amazon local, obviously, I don't, I don't have access to it. It's unavailable in Canada. Um, so so I, I can't really do that comparison like I can with living social. So
0: you know it's if fun- you're
1: there and you're listening and you use Amazon local, you know, maybe it's just two different audiences, maybe it's two different types of deals that they're sourcing. I don't know.
0: I've read uh, I've read reports that came out kind of when uh, living so or amazon uh, amazon uh, lo- local kind of flared up is that a lot of these deals were sourced by living social and then uh, amazon started this uh, after that and you know a lot of the deals that came in through living social and ended up on amazon local and then they built their own sales force around that and now they're partnering with yellow pages i wonder if this is a a um, an indication of, of a future um you know relationship or strains with living social is that maybe living social now is put behind amazon and they're going to focus on this and they've learned their lesson whatever the 25 million dollar investment or 30 million dollars they did was a learning uh, and now they're building uh, amazon uh, amazon local who knows but it just seems like a yeah, conflict could
1: be. but you know we we talked about this on the on the uh, on the previous uh, show as well on the on the payment side you know yeah. about hedge bets right yeah. um you know and there's nothing wrong with a good hedge pen, right? You know, putting a little bit of money in, in, in living social and running your own, uh, and sort of competing with each other, you know, and and may it may the best uh execution win. Yeah, I'd,
0: ha- I'd hate that. You know, it's a uh, who do you pick? It's like you got two kids. Hey, I'm gonna go with this one. Yeah, well, if you are a living social or an Amazon local user. You know the difference we don't reach out correct us let us know on tether at gmail.com or c at the lbma.com all right now this fourth story is one that we both really like partly because like i got a man crush on richard branson god love that guy but <laughs> who doesn't well the guy had tea on top of a hot air balloon floating in the sky how can you and he's taking people to space god love him he is uh, commercializing space, space, and I actually the, the guy, one of my primary investors, one of the majority owners in this company that I ran called Rove. His name is John Criswick He runs Magmic Games right now. He bought a ticket for Richard Branson. He's going to be blasting off from the Mojave Desert sometime, maybe next summer or the summer after that, and he's going to go and uh, go into orbit, which I think is the coolest thing on the planet. So Richard Branson, God love him. But he owns this thing called Virgin Atlantic. Heard of it? Now he. This is a really innovative use of captive audience, and especially the targeted audience that they're going after. Why don't you tell them what's going on here with Virgin America and Rock the Vote?
1: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love this initiative. Uh, Rock the Vote is a is a group that's uh, you know focused on signing up new uh, new voters. You have a big uh, election coming up in the U.S. Obviously. Uh, we've been tracking that and seeing, you know, all with uh, Romney and Obama and the back and forth, and who knows what's going to happen. But what we do know is, is uh, it's always important to uh, exercise your uh, your right to vote, and uh, and so Rock the Vote is a group that uh, tries to get people registered and 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 get them out uh, to actually vote and participate in uh, in the, in the electoral electoral process. So what they've done is um, they've decided to. Go where the people are, so to speak, fish where the people are, uh, so to speak. And uh, while you're on, uh, on a plane, a Virgin America plane, they're basically running a campaign on the in flight entertainment system um, that um, puts up a QR code, and you can scan this QR code, and then it takes you to a voter registration page um, that you can fill out and, and, and kind of get signed up. Pretty simple. But really cool that they're doing it while you're in this you know sort of mode of you got nowhere to go you're sitting in your seat on a plane the thing comes up on the screen uh, you know you're a captive audience and I, I really like it it's a it's a perfect location to, uh, to to track people down
0: you've got them captive most you know you're watching movies whatever it is that you're doing I totally agree with you here the only the only split I wonder is that uh, demographically uh, who are they targeting with rock the vote is it guys like me in my 40s? Is it guys that are eighteen? Have any ideas about that? Well, uh,
1: you know what's the what's the demographic of people who fly Virgin America is mean, it, the question, right? and I think you know I've flown it a couple times. Uh, we used to have um, you know a uh, a route from Toronto to uh, San Francisco, which is no longer, unfortunately. I, I loved it, um, you know, free Wi-Fi in the air, all that kind of stuff. Um, but. I I would say it, it, it's generally, you know, skewed slightly younger. Um, you know, it's a bit hipper, cooler uh, type of airline. Uh, you know, that's sort of what they go for. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it, it's heavily uh, uh, skewed to sort of the forty-five and under crowd. Um, you know, probably in, in that sort of twenty-five to forty-five uh, demographic uh, for the most part.
0: I like that you've called uh, forty-five and under hip. Absolutely,
1: I'm okay with it. Are we not hip rock? Come on! I don't know. It doesn't get any hipper than this.
0: Come on! Sunday night, rocking out podcasts. Yeah, talking about our love for Richard Branson. Come on, two guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not flying a uh, Virgin America tomorrow. So, yeah. Well, <clears> I, I like the only because they don't fly to Kansas City. So no.
0: there you go. But I, I love the fact that they rock. They totally did this up. I, I pulled up a, a screenshot of this. Uh, this was taken from Huffington Post. Where they had a uh, you know this uh, Obama lookalike um, that was up on this you know that basically well it was Romney and Obama lookalikes that that handed out American flags and uh, and really did did it up uh, well for this for this launch and it and it all it's it's to commemorate the launch or the the uh, they have a, now a direct flight from san francisco to to washington Dulles um, area. And uh, so they decided to do this, and I love, I love it. Uh, you know, idle time, uh, mobile technology, uh, using in in cabin Wi-Fi to connect, register to vote. It's a perfect combination of timing and technology to drive some good. So go out and vote. That's all I got to say.
1: You know, and as is typical with all things Virgin America, the marketing is is, is fantastic, yeah. right? So you know, the, the tagline around this is "Join the Mile High QR Code QR Code Club." Come on, So man. good. You know you want to do it, Rob.
0: Well, it is. And, you know, uh, everything about that. This was uh, this was done by a company called Promo Jam, right? This is Promo Jam uh, in social marketing. And, and and I love companies like that where they, uh, you know, two things. I love companies like Virgin that are willing to be a little bit cheeky. You know that because of, uh, you know, it's called Virgin. Come on. It's cheeky everywhere. And then I love the fact that they find these companies, these young companies like uh, Promo Jam that, uh, that are, and they give them carte blanche. Go. Go nuts. All right. Our last story here. Uh, This is a launch of a product called Swirl. Now, this is heavy, heavy, heavy entrepreneurial pedigree. The CEO of this company has exited two companies, both over $100 million. Total $260 million is what the exits of value. And Swirl is supposed to revolutionize retail again, another one of these companies. So I'll let Asif walk us through this. I actually downloaded it, played with it. I'll give you my two cents after Asif kind of. Walks us through what this, what the significance of this, and what what is Swirl.
1: Yeah, so Swirl is uh, you know another um, let's call it a location based uh, deal finder type of service. Um, they raised six million bucks, by the way. So this is not a funding story. Um, so they raised six million in the past, uh, and they launched this uh, this service this past uh, this past Monday. So it, it's kind of like Pinterest uh, in a sense. So it sort of blends Pinterest with deal um, services and uh, helps you find where those products are available uh, at local stores. Uh, so the idea here is, is that, uh, you know, you, you download the iPhone app or you go to swirl.com. Uh, you um, track or follow certain retailers that you like, you know, so I like the Gap or Nordstrom's or J. Crew or whatever it is you like. Um, and and you can take pictures of products uh, at those stores like you can on Pinterest um, there's about 220 retailers on board uh on this uh, so far Macy's uh Saks etc uh they're all on this um, and then basically uh once you've identified a product it sources that product across uh the different uh, retailers and then uh, provides you with a list on on where you know local retailers are you know and you know closest to you uh, where you can get that particular product.
0: This is nothing unique to me, except for the fact the the exits that have happened and the investors in this space. Um, I, I downloaded it. I played around with it. They say it's targeted towards women. Uh, you know, and and I don't agree with that. I think that there are. Uh, I mean, I logged in as me. First thing you got to log in through Facebook. It's the only way to authenticate. So a lot of people. Uh, you'll read some of the comments, especially in the. Um, uh, in iTunes saying like, you know, Facebook fail, Facebook fail, one star, one star, one star. And that drives me crazy when people do that. It's just, look, Facebook is the identification company of the internet right now. And, and this is how people authenticate. People feel a little bit more comfortable. Aside from that, I launched it. I, I took a look around. I saw some great clothes. I added some to my to my wall. Uh, it's a social uh, app. So it allows you to create uh, relationship so I can at, I can invite you and we can you know be friends and you can comment on the clothes that I'm wearing or the clothes that I'm interested in buying and it goes to my Facebook wall if I so choose I'm like I, but I was completely and utterly underwhelmed by this application I don't know if they're hiding something or if I don't see it because I'm yeah. in Canada big deal
1: I, I have not um, um, been able to uh, to to play with it this week yet so and I'm gonna do so um, but but I'll take your word for it Rob I mean I think this is a crowded space, I think there's a lot of people in it, but, but um, you know, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say based on the pedigree uh, of, of the CEO, based on the other um, investors who are behind this thing and, and the sort of connections that that brings in terms of affiliated companies, this thing's got a good chance of, uh, of making a go of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just that this, this guy has you know, had two major exits. Um, you know uh, michael rubin um, is is one of the guys backing this thing um, so he's uh he's the uh, founder of uh kinetic uh, which owns rula la yep a big big player in this space yep. um, michael golden uh is also involved in this he's a uh, president of shoprunner uh, which is the largest shipping and loyalty uh uh company uh, around this uh, for for uh for for you know, shopping uh in, in that sense you know, SoftBank, there's a lot of guys behind this thing. They're big guys, uh,
0: and I, I I don't doubt it, but uh, this is a very competitive space. They have the great retailers as well. You know, Pier One, as you said, you've also got, um, yeah. uh, you know, Banana Republic and J. Crew, and all these huge retailers that are interested yeah. in this. I think the
1: piece that's missing on this, if I understand the workflow, and you've actually played with yeah. this thing, but if I understand the workflow, I, I take a picture of a product that I like. It checks you know the two hundred and twenty different retailers uh, in in the system to see who carries that particular product based on identifying the photo uh, it sends me you know uh, locations near me where I can uh, purchase that product what 's missing in that chain from a shopper optimizing the experience for me as a shopper is do they actually have the product available in in, in inventory in the store yeah um, so integration with something like nearby now yeah. or you know the gywire piece around that or, or you know any of those sort of real-time product inventory uh, types of systems make sense here.
0: Everybody out there, if you if you're interested in this, what I would what I would hit up is you can just go to swirl swirl.com, I'll pull it up here. s w i r l.com. They give you a little bit of information. If you're in the United States, you can use this. If you're in Canada, you can watch people use this. Um, but I'd love to hear what you think about this. Reach out on tether at gmail.com or CIF at the LBMA. Uh, you can actually direct uh, angry emails to me this time and positive ones to Asif. That'd be great. That's it. Mercifully, the five what? stories are done. Great conversation around these five stories. If you have any comments, feedback, suggestions, stories that we missed, reach out. Let us know. And if they're not in there, it's your fault. Please, please reach out. Now, Steve, you had a great opportunity to sit down with with somebody who is instrumental on the dig- digital side for uh, Computer Sciences Corporation, a billion-dollar company. Why don't you talk about your uh, conversation with John Gentry, and then we'll throw it up here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I um, was very fortunate this week. Uh, Computer Sciences Corporation, a uh, huge, huge uh, player. Uh, and a fantastic member of the lbMA uh, John Gentry uh, who's a managing director of uh, global consumer products and retail um, this is a guy who understands retail this is a guy who's been working with retailers for years um, and they have some some fantastic clients um, so I had a chance to sit down with him and uh, talk a little bit about kind of mobile and location and where he sees that going and um, yeah so why don't we just listen to it here it is it's my pleasure again to have a, a fantastic guest with us this week, um, and today it's John Gentry, Managing Director for Global uh, Consumer Products and Retail at Computer Sciences Corporation. John, welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Thanks for inviting me, Steve. Yeah, so it's always great when we get to have uh, some of the, uh, the key members of the LBMA uh, come on the show and share with us a little bit about why you're involved with us and what you're doing and so maybe just for the purposes uh, of our audience listening and 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 watching today tell us a little bit about you know who is CSC and you know why are you such an important player in in the retail world um, you know for for
2: for the market out there today great Uh, I'm happy to CSC um, at a high level is uh, about a 17 billion dollar company we're a global company Uh, we're based in the Washington DC area in Falls Church Virginia uh, the primary businesses we have are consulting, systems integration, and outsourcing, which manage services uh, of all varieties of technology. Uh, we do business in about ninety different countries. Uh, we've been around since one thousand, nine hundred and fifty-nine, uh, and have been uh, growing steadily uh, as a significant services player in the uh, in the IT and consulting and uh, managed services space for, for some
1: time. So. Um when you think about it, though, you know we a lot of the world, and a lot of what we hear about when we hear about mobile and location based marketing and all this kind of stuff, we hear a lot about Foursquare and Groupon and all that kind of stuff. But is it fair to say that um, you know, from a retailer's perspective, you know, and obviously you know, you're responsible for for retail, uh, you know, products uh, to some extent. Is it fair to say if you're a big retailer? Um, you know, it's not enough for the you know these these new service providers and vendors to come knocking on your door. You need a big consulting company like a CSE to help shape that and help people understand how to use these platforms and how to make you know uh, you know valuable insights out of them and how to use the analytics and all that kind of stuff. Is that part of
2: what you're offering? Yeah, that's really what we intend to focus on. I mean, CSC has had a long history in helping retailers uh, with IT concerns. Uh, managing their applications, managing their technology. We've done a fair amount of consulting work uh, helping our customers uh, improve how their supply chains operate, how their distribution centers operate, uh, helping them with store systems, uh, helping retailers with uh, uh, various kinds of, uh, of analytics, typically uh, in the operational analytics space, like in supply chain, like in financial performance, et cetera. So we've been serving retail for probably... Um, 30 plus years or so as a targeted space. But uh, we've really decided to move our business more toward what we call the front of the store, uh, which is really uh, capabilities that would be of value to our customers. that would be visible to consumers. Um, so we, we see a big opportunity uh, with what's going on with social and with location and uh, uh, mobility specifically, you know, CSC comes forward with uh uh, a lot of um, practical experience helping customers operate better, uh, right? So we wouldn't typically be in the space to, to help a customer build a forceware, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're vital and important applications that are out there, but the way CSC sees those is as, as ways to capture information about how consumers behave, people who want that information uh, shared Because we think with all of these different sources of uh, what people do and where they do it, it's going to create a mountain of uh, new knowledge that will help our customers, the retailers, figure out how to do better as a business. For example, if they can take a look at the data that comes from Foursquare, from Facebook, from uh, any kind of digital commerce experience, and they can pull that together and maintain some level of customer identity, they kind of know who John Gentry is or who Asif is, that we might be able to better understand what kind of assortments they want and where they want them. You know, right now there are a lot of models that use summary data, mm-hmm. judgment, um, some detailed data like point of sale data. There's there's been some location technologies in stores to date, but it's been it's been at a pretty high level. And when you can pinpoint a customer in in a store, in, in a certain part of a store. Uh, looking at certain kinds of merchandise and then compare that to what they actually transacted while they were in the store, or what they went home and did on their computer, or what they sat in their car and did as soon as they walked out of the store, that we think that will affect how retailers decide to take their goods to market. It yeah. will fundamentally change how these supply chains are working, how merchandising working works, how planning works. Uh, so we think that all, the, all these technologies out there will really drive a lot of operational change in our clients. So, and that's so if what I could sum go- that up,
1: I mean, I mean, I think what you're saying is, is that,
2: you know, all of these great,
1: you know, platforms that are emerging are fantastic. Um, and yet, you know, they're all generating huge amounts of data. Um and somebody's got to make sense of that data and, and it's not just the the data that comes out of one platform or another it's about starting to correlate these data sets for you know better informed decision-making better planogramming exercises in stores you know all these kinds of things you know helping helping retailers understand foot traffic patterns you know where you know product display all the stuff that they're used to dealing with um, you know it, there's just vast amounts of new data that we never had access to before whether it's geo data or not um, you know, it's it's about how we start to combine these things. So, yeah, I appreciate that, and I, th- I think you guys certainly uh, have a lot to offer there. Um, one one more minute, quickly, before we uh, move on to the last point I wanted to hit. But uh, if, if there's one thing, you know, if you could put on your your prediction hat for the future and kind of think about you know, retail and mobile and location and all that kind of stuff. What's what's the big thing that you see, you know, maybe 12 to 18 months down the road that we all need to be paying attention to? Uh,
2: you know, what's the one big trend that you're sort of following? A relative to sort of a retailer's yeah. point of view? Yeah, well, I think what's going to be really big is this whole idea of a shopper experience or customer experience. I don't think we really know yet how far that, Uh, set of ideas is going to cut into how retailers operate Uh, because we can look have a 360 view of customers or we're getting better at having a 360 view of customers. I think that's going to change the role of retailers. I think it's going to change what partners in a retail value chain do what. I mean, there will always be stores. There will always be digital commerce. There will always be mobile commerce, but I think we'll see some of the responsibilities uh, of that value chain shift as a result of this focus on customer experience, which spins off data, which spins off operational change, etc. So that's the thing that we're most focused on because it has so many dimensions to it that affect retail operations. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate your
1: insights. You obviously have a wealth of information and knowledge uh, there at CSC. Um, One last thing. You guys have a big conference coming up this fall. Um, Maybe uh, tell the audience a little bit about
2: that, Uh, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for people to get involved. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, the conference is called uh, Connect. Uh, and it's been a conference that we have uh, been doing for 20 years or so. Uh, but what we're doing is broadening it out into other industries beyond the financial services industry. And briefly, we're focusing on uh, a track called um, uh, the, the mobile, uh, C- Connect for the Mobile Consumer is what it's called. It's essentially tying together uh, sort of the path to purchase of how consumers uh, commute, how they shop, how they work, uh, in, and uh, try to understand what changes that's going to drive to how different players in that value chain operate. So we have uh, speakers from the travel and transportation industry, speakers uh, such as yourself uh, from the Location-Based Marketing Association talking about uh, trends in that space. Uh, we have some industry analysts in talking about changes that are coming in e-commerce. But we're trying to give the participants in that, that come to the sessions an understanding of, how fundamental this mobility and social play really is in terms of how uh, our customers will operate their businesses going forward. Great. it's well, uh, I think uh, the date is September 17th and 18th uh, of this year, and it's uh, down in Nashville, Tennessee at the Gaylord Opryland uh, Hotel. So I think you can go to your website. You've been kind enough to, to yeah. post it on the LVMA website to get more particulars
1: absolutely so there's information there if you're listening or or uh, or watching today information on that conference is on the lbma site under events Um, and uh... and that's it we're out of time uh... we've been speaking today with john gentry managing director global consumer products and retail at computer sciences corporation john thank you so much for your time Thanks for having me appreciate it right so that was john gentry uh... really appreciate john uh... taking the time to uh... to come on the show and share with us um, and uh, you know that conference that he alluded to at the end uh, of the talk there um, you know about the um, you know connection connecting for the mobile consumer it's going to be a great event if you can get out to Nashville Tennessee September the 16th I encourage you to do so um, and that information's up on the LbMA site as well so you can uh, you can register there or download the uh, the brochure
0: yeah head to uh, the lbma.com/ events you'll see it there and a link that goes out to the csc site we really appreciate john doing this john thank you for uh, spending so much time with asif and uh and enlightening us i really appreciate that god i love when we have great guests on wicked all right let's finish off with a couple of funding stories no m and just a couple of stories and and our resource of the week and we'll get you out of here before your morning coffee is that Uh oh, maybe your mid-morning coffee this has been a good episode start off with the funding news, this company called Space Curve. This is the theme of the show, Big data, Space Curve <laughs> pretty much big data all over this. Uh, they've raised three and a half million dollars. Why don't you talk about this, Asif?
1: Yeah, so um, Space Curve is a, a company. we've talked about them once before um, you know many episodes ago. Um, these guys are out of Seattle. Um, the funding is coming from tri- Triage Ventures and uh, uh, Reed Elsevier v- uh, Ventures, as well as Divergent Ventures. So, a bunch of companies coming together, three point five million bucks. Uh, these guys, uh, Space Curve, that is, uh, effectively what they've done is built a database um, that kind of models uh, the data in in three D. Um, so this is three D data uh, around physical locations, buildings, roads, objects, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, they had pretty Previously announced uh, 2.7 million in funding, so you know some additional capital to uh, kind of grow it out a little bit, maybe hire some people. Um, we'll see what happens from these guys. Haven't haven't seen a lot yet on the product side um, from them, but um, you know hopefully this is uh, you know this is where the money's going now.
0: I, uh, big data, I, I mean, this is this is what it's all about for us is that it is, is putting some logic and some sense behind the big data. So, anytime a company like Space Curve gets in, invested, like I love Inrix, which is another company like this. Uh, yes. Anytime a company like this gets invested in, I, you know that these are on the forefront. This is the innovator. This is the outcome of this data is, uh, is going to tell such a great story. And uh, it might seem like bits, ones and zeros to everyone. But when you get. In front of a data geek, and they start talking to you about what they're doing. Man, you start to see things in those ones and zeros that you couldn't have ever imagined, and that's what uh, that's what I love about Space Curve. That's what I love yeah. about. And, and
1: remember, we're we're only at the sort of the forefront of uh, you know, so where all this location data is going. So if you're if you're out there building apps, or you're you know a uh, urban planner or city planning mm-hmm. guy, and you're thinking about what you're going to do, um, you know, as far as leveraging uh, you know this kind of data. It's guys like Space Curve and Interex yeah. that you're going to want to be yeah. talking to to kind of have access to great databases.
0: This, so. is, this is we're witnessing the development of the Internet of Things. The era and the age of pervasive computing is starting right here, starting right now, and these guys are at the at the, well, at the beginning of this curve, I think, certainly. So they raise <clears throat> three and a half million dollars, which is not nearly enough. and my guess is they'll be going out for many, 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 many more millions of dollars. Second story around the funding is a company called Location Insight. Now, these guys we've talked about as well, closing five million dollars. Uh, this is a, this seems to be like a buyout um, uh, investment. But uh, Location Insight, what do these guys do?
1: So these guys are a big player in uh, in local search uh, marketing. Uh, so they they have you know some some interesting uh, tools for optimizing local search. Uh, you know, getting people to the top of the of the search rankings. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and it's a big space because when you when you think about local search um, and you think about how that correlates with, you know, all the other data that we're, that we're collecting, uh, whether it's, you know, directory information, Google places data, mapping data, you know, all that stuff related to businesses, um, you know, and how all that fits together when you think about search um, from a local perspective, you know, and then layer in Facebook and Twitter and Foursquare and all the other things about your business. You know, it's a huge problem. So, you know, this is a problem that you know I've talked about many, many times on the show. But this whole idea of you know this growing um, wealth of information around an individual local business, um, the numerous services that are emerging around um, you know where you have to list your business, whether it's you know you're you're listing on Foursquare, you're listing in Google Places or Latitude, you're listing on. Facebook, your listing in Yellow Pages, your listing here. I mean, there's 17,000 places you got to manage your listing and profile. You know, so how does that affect search rankings? How does that affect all that kind of stuff? That's what you know. Location Insight is uh, is business is all about. So, five million bucks coming from a group called United Communications Group. Um, yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> what else can you say? These guys, uh, they, they said it's for the management buyout of local search marketing business from uh, the InfoNow Corporation. So I think that this is a, a way to um, to transfer ownership of, uh, of uh, local uh, location insight. But this is, it, it is, it's a big challenge. These guys are right at the forefront. Um, and, and local search, the uh, I mean, it, it is the golden pot at the end of the rainbow. This is what everybody is fighting for. Newspapers a local media it's all about local search and uh, google is right in the middle of this as well so um, good on them local insight locationinsight.com locationinsight.com if you're interested in their services that's it so a little bit of money eight and a half million dollars dispersed many more deals if you were part of this deal if you have a deal coming up reach out Untether at gmail.com or Asif at the LBMA.com. We'd love to have you actually on. So instead of talking about it, we'll let you talk about it. How's that? Absolutely. we love it. All right.
1: You could be the next John Gentry. Just think about that.
0: You could. I don't know. John
1: did a good job. It's hard to be John Gentry, though. He's pretty talented.
0: Well, you could be the next somebody. Maybe not John, but that's the challenge out there. John did a good job. Well, let's uh, j- finish this off with our resource of the week. This is a, I guess, a survey or an assessment of big data from JumpTap, and around third-party da- data around targeting, especially within inside of their games and the benefits of third third-party data. Okay, Asif, just turn this into English for all of us out there. What does this mean? or jump-tap showing well, benefits? I mean,
1: quite simply, what this means is is that, you know, rather, you know, if, if you've got a mobile app platform and you're running advertising in that app platform, um, you know, simply targeting ads based on, you know, the usage of that app by itself and, and the people who have downloaded that app and, and where they're going is one thing. Uh, what jump-tap's arguing here, and they've released this thing called the mobile stat report. Uh, they do it every month, by the way. Um, what they're arguing is, is... is that by itself is okay, but when you start to combine that data, you know the sort of the the native app data, so to speak, with third-party data uh, around, you know, you know, what other people are doing, aggregating data from other sources, you know, you, you know, sort of like the stuff we were talking about at the very beginning of the show from Location Graph with JaiWire's Location Graph, you know, this idea that I know that this device is going to Starbucks, and then goes to Best Buy, and then it goes to, you know, Macy's, and then it goes here. uh, And it hits, you know, the Starbucks three times a week and all that kind of stuff. When you can grab that data from Location Graph, for example, I'm just picking that as an example, and combine it with, you know, native app data from whatever app, you know, it's that correlation of third-party data plus native that starts to make, you know, um, click-through rates really, really really impactful for, for advertisers. And that's what they're saying here. So they're basically saying that you know when you combine you know and use third-party data, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get a huge bump. Uh, more than fifty percent of JumpTap campaigns included data targeting. They said uh, that's a five hundred percent increase um, since January. So people people are are seeing this, and they're seeing uh, huge huge uh, uptakes in feed. Hey,
0: I mean, makes sense. It's like a I'll third-party be- validation, right? Isn't it? Is this like third-party validation basically? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I like this. When you um, when you can show this kind of a return on investment or impact, and that's exactly what these guys did. Uh, this is one of those things that I would sign up for as well. If you're interested in understanding the trends or the key things that are happening, you know, the jump taps resource, uh, you know, they have – I mean, I just walked through them. I pulled it up on the screen here. If it still it still comes up, but uh, they have their mobile stat. As, as you know, as Steve said, it's it comes out monthly. But these are great reports when it comes to the assessment of things. Like they they do browsers. This is part of their network. So I, all their statistics from their network, they put into a report and offer it up for free. So if you're interested in trying to figure out, you know, what's coming, what the trends are, what it was, what the trends were, uh, this is something that I would definitely definitely sign up because these guys. They understand uh, they're at the forefront of this, so just go to JumpTap.com and uh, the resource if you're looking for it will be there. It's under Mobile Stat. It's at the, it's at the top of their uh, navigation. Pretty cool, great resource. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, that, that's it for episode number ninety-one. Uh, Asif is heading off to Kansas City, uh, maybe picking a baseball game or something. Uh, the Royals down there. Hopefully, you got some time. Uh, I'm
1: not sure about that one. But you know what? I, I was at yesterday. I was at the uh, in Toronto. Toronto FC. The yeah, I saw Toronto that. Toronto FC against Kansas City uh, game. Um, unfortunately, we did not win. Um, you know, it was kind of a strange goal. It was one uh, one nil game uh, for in favor of Kansas. But yeah, uh, well, I can't even say it was a legitimate goal. It was a deflection off of somebody and whatever. Anyways, and stuff you happened.
0: you went? Uh, who did you go with? Uh, just with the family. Oh, you did. Well, it's funny because I saw John was there as well, obviously because he's yeah, uh,
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. I just did a great interview uh, with him, a good hour with John McCauley, who uh, runs uh, the mobile side of of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, and so they own Toronto FC, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Marlies, the Air Canada Center, Leafs TV, Raptors TV. They, they own everything. Pretty much everything in Toronto is owned by them, except for Pretty the Blue much. Jays. Except for the Blue Jays, yeah, maybe. Maybe they should own the Blue Jays, the way that they're playing. Yay. All right, so we will be back next week for episode number 92. If you have anything to say, anything at all, reach out on tethergmail.com or LBMA.com. Subscribe through iTunes. We really appreciate it if you could do that. Give us five stars. And if not, let us know before you're going to give us one star. Don't, don't, uh, don't be angry. Um, just let us know, and we will change things. We will make sure if the episodes are too long, if there's not enough content, if they're too short... If you want these to be day-long episodes, we'll do that. We'll do that just for you, Asif and I. Just live stream our lives. Um, We really appreciate John Gentry coming on from Computer Sciences Corporation. If you have a story to tell, we'd love to help you tell that. So you can either come on as a guest, come on as a sponsor. Whatever you want to do, we are here to spread the good word of location-based marketing and its impact on business. So we really appreciate that. I guess until episode number 92, right, Asif?
1: Absolutely. Have a great week. Two days after Bruce Springsteen. Uh, We'll see you next week.
0: All right, everybody. Asif, safe travels.